Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, today, Justin Trudeau in blackface. Should he have consequences to that? Um, and also, we've got uh, more gun confiscation from Beto. You're not going to want to miss it. It starts right now. Thanks for joining us uh, today. I am joined by Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck radio program. Uh, we've got conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield. Thanks for joining us again. Being, what is Sarah. that? It's twice this week. Twice this week. I know. So it's great. We're so lucky. Oh, I'm the lucky one. <laughs> and then we've got Lathan Watts back in the house, the director of communications at First Liberty. Thank you once yeah, again for being glad to here. Be back. And I would just like to say this on air. I really love your tie. I will. I'll do what I can. To <laughs> I look said it like off air. I feel like I want to say it like on air. I love it. Anyway. I love it. Uh, all right. Got a lot to get into. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. So maybe you uh, need to have a refinance of your house. Maybe you just like got divorced from this really terrible spouse and you really need to get their name off of your mortgage. I've got the company for you. OK, or maybe you have a situation that's like not as grim as that, but still. Uh, I've got the company for you. It's American Financing. Um, what I love about American Financing is that they have salary-based people who are working for them. They're not commission-based. So these are people who are really in it to get you and your family in the right mortgage, in the right financial setup for you. They're not looking for any kickbacks from you know the banking institutions. They truly want to help you. Um, Stu had an experience with them that you know he said they walked him through everything. They even told him, hey, this loan that you want to do, it's kind of a crazy deal, and we don't really find it to be financially responsible, and we're not actually going to do it. Uh, they are honorable. They are your go-to if you have refi, home loan, um, whatever the case may be. you got to go to AmericanFinancing.net, or you can call 800-906-2440. That's AmericanFinancing.net. So uh, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Justin Trudeau, he been this this kind of breaking news over the last day or so, right? First, there was one picture that emerged of him uh, in brown face. Uh, he had dressed up for a production at his school of Arabian Nights. There he is. Uh, that is very dark. <laughs> um, he, he dressed up for Arabian Nights. This was 2001, and he was, um, I believe he was a teacher at this time. He <laughs> had a press conference. He said, uh, I'm very sorry. I didn't think it was racist at the time, but now I know it was racist this whole time. I just didn't realize it before. Ugh. Someone asked him, was this the only time that you've ever dressed up in blackface? Which is what I'm sure every reasonable person wants to know. Yeah, but was this the only time? <laughs> um, he said, no, I did it one other time. And then more pictures emerged showing him multiple times in blackface. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that one's about. That's <laughs> He looks like, is he on a roller coaster? <laughs> I don't know. He looks don't like know. he's on a roller coaster. He's just going to Six Flags in blackface, just hanging and out. arms, too. Coaster. I mean, he went full on yeah. with the... You got to give him props yeah. for dedication, yeah. at least, right? What I love about this is that this is the, this is the finale. This is the end point to this whole social justice, yes. which is neither social no, nor any justice involved yeah. here. But it's the end point. This is this is this is what you get from this fake, I don't know, social props that you want to give yourself to brag that you're just so much more virtuous than everybody else. This is where it ends up. It comes right back around and eventually it's going to kick you right in the butt. 
and now he's getting it. More people are going to the, the, the loudest voices on this. This is who that's going to hit. Remember, this guy is the same guy, the prime minister, that chastised a woman uh, at a press conference because she said mankind. Yeah. Right. So he, excuse the, me, excuse me. It's humankind. Right. So he had to he had to, he had to show how virtuous and yes. how great he was. And now, but you know, let's let's be honest here. Like, you just come out and say, look, this is probably context matters. And no, like, yeah, I didn't think it was racist at the time, probably because it had nothing to do with racism mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't racist when he's dressed up for an Aladdin play or whatever right, it was. It's Arabian it's, Nights. Come on. Party is it, what it was. Well, well, right, a yeah. party. But I mean, but still, if that's the theme and that's we've got multiple people that are doing that. Grant, do you, well, are you well, offended by it? No, I'm not offended by it, but the bottom line is blackface is typically offensive. He should have known that it back is then. Now. But but yeah, but I'll say this. College kids do dumb things. So if I'm going to defend Trudeau just mm-hmm. like I defended Brett Kavanaugh for for his drinking and all that stuff, college kids do stupid things. What Justin Trudeau has proven to me was he was a dumbass in college. <laughs> He's a dumbass politician who continues to have dumbass ideas. And this is just proof that he continues to be a dumbass. But, but just because it was, you know, it has been used in racist ways in, back in the past, you know, 19th yes. century. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean just because you, you know, want to dress up like, I don't know, Aretha Franklin or something like that. And someone, pay, you know, puts on black makeup. That doesn't mean that they're doing it. I, I guess well, what I'm I, trying to say is context matters. I agree matters. with you. I do not think that Justin Trudeau is a racist. I think he's a lot of things. I think he's wildly misguided, but I do not think he's a racist. I think the problem in this whole scenario, everybody has done stupid stuff. We all know that. Every person in Canada who either voted for him or didn't vote for him has to make a decision about elected officials with dumb stuff in their past. And is this something that you can say, look, everybody did something stupid, okay, different guy now, or does this cross the line where I can no longer vote for a person who, who, who does this? The problem is that line seems to move depending on the political ideology of the person involved. Right. I mean, you remember Pajama Boy? Like if yes. Pajama Boy grew up to be Prime Minister of Canada, he's Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get a pass. Yeah. I mean, you, just, well, you know he will. I yeah. was listening to liberal commentators today on some of the cable outlets, and they were forgiving him for all of this, which is fine. It happened years ago, whatever. But they wouldn't forgive a conservative. Mm-hmm. And here I am saying, all right, he did a stupid thing as a, as a college kid. You know, whatever. Move on. It was, I did so many dumb things as a college kid that you hold every one of them against me. I'd never get a job. Well, and I, But I'm pretty sure on that, on that particular one, it was, a, it was a school, but he was teaching there at the time. Still young. I mean, how many years? He was, ago I was think it was 29. He 20, was 29, okay. which is which is fine. Still old enough to know better. Look, but, I, but I, I was, well, hold on. I want I want to push back a little bit. Do, so you're saying there was never a time where it was just it, no one cared whether or not you dressed the part. Of course, I'll say this. Did I care that people dressed up as blackface? No. I'd been to fraternity parties. Friends would dress up in blackface. Were my friends racist? No. Did they have a racist bone in their body? Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. I never dressed up in blackface just because it would have made me feel uncomfortable to do it. I just didn't think it was the right thing to do, and I didn't think there was anything funny about it. Mm-hmm. Do I care if other people did it back then? No. Do I think they were being racist? No. But he's come out now, and this is the worst thing ever that he said, and he's apologized for it. And then he has the audacity, and this kills me, that he says, well, I was blinded by my privilege. <laughs> I, I grew up in Scarsdale, New York. 
You don't get more privileged than Scarsdale, New York. <laughs> and you know what? I was never blinded by my privilege. I was taught right from wrong. It privilege doesn't make you blinded. It makes you a racist. Yeah. Jason, I think um, it, maybe where you're going with this is like the Megyn Kelly type type feel of this, which got her in so much trouble just for saying, mm -hmm. well, what if I want to dress up like Diana Ross for Halloween? I'm not, I'm, I'm honoring her. I'm doing it because I'm a fan of her, right. not because I'm trying to show any sort of disrespect. Exactly. That, that type of view doesn't seem to get tolerated anymore. Right. I, I think just because you, you you do something that has been, that has been done in the past for racist means, that the, the context should always be, you know, interjected in, in, in those in those cases. The context there was racist. <clears throat> yeah. The context for someone like, you know, a kid that wants to dress up like Muhammad Ali runs around saying I'm the greatest. And like, well, who are you, Rocky? Are you, who, who are you? You know what I'm saying? It's right. like, but if he wants to paint himself in black to further join the point, it, the context there is not racist. Mm -hmm. But the more people like this Justin Trudeau instantly come out and don't say things like that. Like at least, by, yes, acknowledge the fact that it's been used, used as racist in, in the past. But that's not the context that I used it in. Mm -hmm. The more that they continue to just, okay, yes, I apologize. The, the problem there, again, is, is that everyone probably will just accept it because he's on the left. I looked at that. I saw a Daily Beast article. Uh, as a tweet for the article, and it said Justin Trudeau, you know, like got caught multiple times and once more for uh, applying face darkening, you know, cosmetics to his skin. Shut up! <laughs> if it was anyone on the right, it would be blackface, <laughs> not right. face darkening cosmetics. How ridiculous is that? So unfair. That's funny. I mean, honestly, it just seems like a waste of makeup to me. <laughs> way too, That's a way lot, too much makeup right? to be wasting on your face. Um, but you know, Lathan, you brought up an interesting point about. Um, if you're associated with the left, you somehow get a free pass for uh, for this particular thing. But it's not just this. He was there was a groping accusation um, of his in what July of 2018. He didn't seem to have any fallout from it. But if it happens to someone on the right, it's believe all women. Oh, and right. also this one guy who said that it happened, even though the woman didn't even say it happened. Right. You know, believe every single accusation right. and let these people have consequences. And somehow he's managed to skirt on by all of these all of these accusations. I think he understands that victimhood is the currency of the left. Yeah. And he played the it was my my white privilege blinded me to this card. And so he's he's kind of even a victim himself of his own privilege <laughs> somehow. <laughs> because tolerance? Yeah. I, I don't know. But he he understands that this is how you get away with it. Right. If you, if as long as you're the policies that you're putting in place are the policies they want, and you're 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 advancing the cause, mm -hmm. if you say the right things here and there when this kind of stuff comes up, they're going to let you right. off. Um, I was reading. I was very frustrated when I was reading the. He's got you know, um, uh, well, conservative uh, opponent and also another far-left opponent right now. Um, the conservative one, I was hoping, would come out and say, you know what, like, like you're saying, context matters, whatever. Everyone does crazy things when they're younger. Everyone does things, you know, uh, differently when they're 20 than they do when they're 50 and culture has changed. Um, no, he used it as an opportunity to blast him and say that it was a mockery of of you know minorities and that it was racist. Oh, he went right along with it. Yes, See, and, that, and this I'm just is like, where... we have to have a standard and we have to preach that standard. We can't change the standard when the left does it because that's what they do. Right, and I'll go. Yeah, that, this is this is how the Overton window 
rolls yes. right along to one, you know, far to one side. That's the reason why conservatives pretty much lose every single, you know, culture argument is because eventually we'll go, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing there, and I, I agree there. Um, I'm not saying that's what we're doing, but I agree there. No, mm-hmm. no, that's that's not. They're literally just doing that to gain political points. That's all they're doing. Right or wrong does not matter. And even if you want to go meta there, it's the same way that conservatives have lost to become conservative anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same way that you can have a conservative that doesn't believe in fiscal responsibility. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. I do understand the frustration, though, Grant, because it's like you got this angel and devil on your shoulder and the devil, because I feel it too. I'm like... Well, he should he should resign. He should have his life ruined. He should have to face all of these consequences that all of these conservatives have had to face for far less. So if I was the conservative candidate against Justin Trudeau, and thank God I'm not because I don't live in Canada, (laughs) right? I would come out and say this is what political correctness gets you. You're the left. You pushed all this nonsense. Look at what it's doing to your candidate now. I can beat him on the issues. I can beat him on messaging. I can beat him on ideas. I don't need this. You ought to move on. But. This is what political correctness gets you. It's ruining Canada, just like it's ruining America. Yeah. He's got Trudeau's got legitimate problems, though. Beyond this, this might just send him over the edge. But um, he's, he's a giant weenie, and he's a giant weenie. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but he's 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 got a major corruption uh, scandal that mm-hmm. he's having to deal with about like pressuring, I think, their version of their attorney general. Maybe yes. that's what it's actually called, into dropping a case. Um, he's got issues. I personally don't think we're going to have to put up with seeing his face too much. Which do you remember when he first got elected and everyone was like, "Oh, he's so great. He's so handsome. He's so charming." Yeah. That didn't last long. Didn't last long. Did and, and then he was in India and like with his whole family dressed up. Like, was that not the biggest pandering? thing? Thing yes. I've ever seen in my life. Like this is who this guy is. Yeah. Like he he, he dresses his entire family up in Indian clothing to go to India. Yeah. Like <laughs> and you and you're surprised that this stuff is coming out now. <laughs> yeah. uh, will the left ever learn their lesson? Probably not. Back in a minute. <laughs> Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, <clears throat> Grant and I were just talking about this yes. off air. You have a, what, it's a hip problem? I have a torn labral tear, a labral tear in my hip. And so before you guys called me for today, I was, I literally, this is not a joke. I was on my phone looking at Relief Factor after being <laughs> here and hearing you and Glenn so pitch funny. it. I'm trying it. And then, and then our producer popped up as you're, you're looking at yes. it, trying to, yeah. Yeah, say, hey, no, can you make it? You got to try it. You really have to try it. Um, we got to get you a pack because it, it really, truly works. It's done wonders for uh, Glenn. I use it. <clears throat> it's done wonders for me as well. I've got some back problems from a car accident. Or, I mean, maybe you are just, you've reached the age. <laughs> like, unfortunately, I won't speak for anyone else, but I have, where it, you just, like, you sleep and it somehow... <laughs> makes you in pain when you wake up. I, Working out studied. used to hurt. Yeah. Now sleeping yeah, hurts. Now it's sleeping. I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do to my neck? Am I really this old already? And she's the youngest one of the people. I know, right? I know. <laughs> well, so I was like, I don't want to be offensive, so I'll just talk about me. No, Not about it, you guys. The unidentified nap injury is a thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a, it um, but seriously, if you're one of many Americans living in pain, you don't have to do that. Maybe you're trying prescription drugs and you're dealing with bad side effects. It doesn't have to be that way. Relief Factor, it's 100% drug-free. It targets the 
inflammation in your body. Try the three-week quick start pack. See if it works for you. 70% of the people who try that quick start pack go on to keep ordering more. It's working for that many people. It can work for you. It's worth a shot. It's $19.95. You can go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384. That is relieffactor.com. Let's talk guns. I'm at, I'm at the table with a bunch of testosterone, so let's, <laughs> let's talk guns. Uh, first, I want to, uh, <clears throat> to discuss our good friend, Robert Francis. Good friend of the show, Robert Francis. Shout out, Robert. Um, <clears throat> he was, you know, people are pushing back on his statements from the last debate. Hell yeah, we're going to take your AK-47s. We're going to take your ARs. Um, he's getting in a little bit of hot water for that. So much so that even Chris Cuomo was pushing back on his statements, making him go on the record. Are you really for gun confiscation, Beto? This is what he had to say, watch. Are you in fact in favor of gun confiscation? Yes, when it comes to AR-15s and AK-47s, weapons designed for use on a military battlefield. And I don't want you or anyone else to get into the fear mongering that some have fallen prey to, saying that the government's gonna come and take all of your guns. What we are talking about exclusively is weapons of war that have no place in our I homes, hear you. no You're place on them, our though. streets, and should remain on the battlefield. I hear you. We'll talk law first and then politics. It's not about fear mongering. You just said it, Beto. You said you're going to confiscate guns. If you're on the left and you've lost Chris Cuomo, <laughs> you're toast. Can I say something? Yes, please. They haven't lost Chris Cuomo. You don't think Beto has, I mean, he made it very clear. He oh, pushed back and said, Chris, there's a reason he's said, doing this. You just said you're in favor of confiscation. What's there's the a reason Chris Cuomo is doing this. Chris Cuomo cannot stand the fact that he's scaring conservatives into running out and buying more AR-15s mm. and AK-47s. So what Chris Cuomo is doing is running a block for saying, hey, everybody out there, you're not going to have to run and buy more firearms. He can't really take your, fi your, your guns away from you. He is not sticking up for gun owners in any way, shape, or form. He's trying to make it look like confiscation's not going to be an issue, and all oh, you conservatives don't have to worry about little Beto and his and his claims. Yeah, his problem with with uh, Beto is not what he said; it's that he said it. Mm -hmm. he, he, I agree. Hmm. I don't think uh, Cuomo is has you know all these constitutional concerns about gun confiscation. I think he thinks Mr. O'Rourke violated the first rule of Fight Club. Like, hey, Interesting. we don't talk about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody on our side knows that's what we're going to do, but we don't, we don't say talk that. Because exactly. if, if you do that, yeah. you're going to rile up the Second Amendment, guys. They're going to actually show and up you, and vote. And you definitely don't make T-shirts right after you said it that right. basically has the direct <laughs> quote of what you said, that we're going to come yep. take your gun. Um, nothing burns me up more than these anti-gun people that don't actually talk about what it, that means. Um, for instance, uh, universal background checks. Sounds great. You know, we want, we want background checks. We already have background checks. Universal sounds even better. What does that mean? What if I want to give my kid, you know, the family rifle? Does that mean he has to, I have to take him down and pass it back? It's ludicrous. It's stupid. But they don't ever talk about these things, the ramifications. Uh, um, AR-15s and AK-47s. What exactly does that mean? Because what he said, by his standards... His, uh, his standard is, I'm going to take the ones that were designed for the battlefield. Yeah. Okay, That's so just based off of what he said, 
that automatically knocks out the AR-15 because the Armalite rifle model number 15 was uh, actually built for the civ civilian use. It wasn't until later that the military purchased, the, uh, purchased those plans and started using them as well. So it was designed for civilian use. So just off of what he said, I can keep my AR-15, it's perfectly safe. They don't ever discuss these things, so what you really mean is, well, he's just, he's just pandering to people that are scared and trying to make them more scared. But what he really means is semi-automatic rifles where you have a, a magazine that goes in the bottom of it. That's, just, that's really what he means, which is a ton well, of weapons. And that's, that's another frustrating um, thing is that the left, I think because none of them actually use guns, they have no idea what they're talking about. And they use these terms like weapons of war. I'm like... Uh, people in the military, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys use all the guns. It's not, you don't just use, you know, specific, I mean, I'm sure you, when you're in battle, you use, you know, uh, more high caliber weapons, you use... Um, a full range. Right. It goes all the way down to you, the smallest. That's what caliber. I, you still are going to use a pistol, and, right? And, and, On, weapons of war, if you're being technical, would still include pistols. Yeah, I mean, they include it's a knife on, gun, your, on, right? on, your, on your hip, too. I mean... Uh, typically, the military uses firearms that are capable of going to fully automatic. Mm. And AR-15s, for all intents and purposes, automatic firearms in the United States have been outlawed a long time ago. They, Unconstitutionally so. They blur that line on purpose. Mm -hmm. They want you to think that they're talking about automatic weapons when what they're really talking about are semi-automatic weapons that look scary. I'll, I'll grant it, an AR-15 might look scary. That's where the term assault weapon comes Exactly. Yes. Well, it's an assault rifle. Well, what's an assault rifle? You know how many people actually think AR and AR-15 means, means assault rifle? rifle? Mm -hmm. They'll yeah. argue the heck out of that. Yep. People you know, are so he, ignorant. He said in his, I don't know if we're gonna run the rest of the clip, but he talks about these guns are unusual and they're dangerous. Well, there's upwards of 10 to 15 million AR-15s in America. That is not unusual. And the reason he's saying unusual is because of the Heller decision, which Chris Cuomo mm -hmm. tried to get into, that says firearms in common use are legal in America. Now, if you have 15 million of them in America and it's the most popular rifle in the hands of Americans, I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, I also love the uh, these, these particular guns are dangerous. Like, I mean, are, aren't they all, aren't they all supposed, that's kind of the point, they're supposed to be dangerous? I'm pretty sure that's the intent. They love to talk about the velocity of the bullet coming out. I, I, you do not want to get hit from a Glock 9mm just as well. You do not want to get hit from, from a 2.56 round um, from an AR-15. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, that they are, do you think that they're successful right now, the left, in kind of shaping this narrative of, Weapons of war. These are too dangerous. We need to get them off the streets. Oh, well, it's just the, you know, the AKs and the ARs, even though they have no idea what they're talking about. Jason, do you think that they are, they're successful in changing the messaging? Absolutely. I think they are. And it's scary. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's the reason that we really have only one organization, the uh, Second Amendment uh, supporters do to try to actually educate people on this. Only one. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much call, they no, they straight up call them a terrorist organization. The NRA, that's it. The NRA is not some evil group, you know, that's operating independently on their own. I pay, I personally pay money to them to advocate for me. They're not doing it out there on their own for some weird, crazy agenda. Yeah. Um, but no, I absolutely do uh, think that's the case. Uh, I think when, when they come up with, a, it's so 
it's so ridiculous. Some of the facts and figures they'll throw out there. I'm like, where the heck did they get that? You know, like 22 school shootings this year. Right. No, they're, by what they're, they're trying to pull, pony off that number to make it look like a larger issue. Yeah. Those, if you actually look through the 22 shootings that are on their list, some of that's gang violence mm -hmm. as a guy walked by a, a parking lot that was adjacent to a school. Mm -hmm. Some of them were uh, other random things that were across the street from uh, universities. Yeah. All those get thrown in there. Some of them are accident, little accidental discharges. Mm -hmm. But they throw that all in there to make it look like an absolute emergency, and they are winning on that. And I do, I, I want to get both of your thoughts on that, but um, let's go ahead. We're going to go to break, and then once we get into overtime, I'd like to play the new Sandy Hook Promise oh uh, ad Disgusting. that just came out. Yeah, and I, and I want to get your thoughts on it. We'll be right back. Sorry, Jens, I filibustered okay. that last it's okay. 10 minutes. It's a good filibuster. Tend to do that. Before we go into overtime, uh, I'm obviously going to use this opportunity to self-promote. So if you have not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, it's called Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Um, so I've had a couple people asking me, you need to do more videos more frequently. We're tired of only hearing from you once a week. So I'm trying, you guys, I'm trying. There's just, there's only so much that I can do. But I've got a couple videos that just dropped this week. So if you have not checked them out, you got to go to Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered uh, hit that little subscribe button and uh, watch the latest coming up in overtime as I said before we've got the uh, the Sandy Hook promise ad if you guys have uh, kids in the room I mean it's not gruesome but it's a little grim for my taste so you might just want to remove them and then bring them back after up to you you're the parent not me whatever the case we're gonna be there blazetv.com join us was this the filter up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So the Sandy Hook Promise, which is, of course, the organization that was formed after the Sandy Hook school shooting, uh, came out with a new ad. It is a back-to-school ad uh, portraying kids in a mass shooting. I know I said this before the break, but I don't, you may, younger kids, you may want them to leave the room. Um, I would as a parent, but it's up to you. Let's watch. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back-to-school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Your thoughts. It, it, it outrages me. And first I'll say this, you've got Sandy Hook parents that are involved with this organization. And if you've had a victim of a school shooting or any type of shooting, you get a free pass with me. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to attack those mm -hmm. parents. Mm -hmm. 
But I will say to put something like that up, that is garbage. The chance of a school shooting happening at your kid's school is zero to none. Yeah. The chance of another school shooting happening again is 100%. There's no doubt about that. The question is, are you ready? That doesn't help anybody get ready. Mm -hmm. And what really gets me angry is there are kids going to sleep tonight, blocks from where we are, here in either Irving or Dallas, Texas, go to Chicago. They will go to sleep hearing gunshots, put, laying their head on a pillow, hearing gunshots at night, not knowing whether their brother is going to come home as a victim of some kind of gun violence. That is the epidemic in America today. And they want to lay that on the American people for one reason and one reason only. It's gun confiscation mm -hmm. and it's to do away with the Second Amendment. And they're using little kids and victims to do it. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about uh, emotional manipulation. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty prime example of that. It is. And unfortunately, there are tons of things that get accomplished. Uh, I use accomplished in quotes, I guess. Yeah. On behalf of the kids, mm -hmm. like if you if it's all for the children, um, it tends to just sort of kind of put the smoke screen in front of what's what's really at issue here, and you know we see it on, on lots of different issues. It's not just the gun issue. Just what was it earlier this week? They had kids testifying in Congress about climate change. Yeah, you know, sitting you know nine and ten year olds talking about how worried they are about whether or not the world's going to be around or whatever they were talking about, and so. Yeah, the thing that bothers me the most about it is it, it, it is this use of children to kind of manipulate um, a, a, a desired policy outcome. And, but I agree with you. Like the parents of who have lost kids in a, in a school shooting, like Sandy Hook, it's it's understandable. Mm -hmm. I understand. I, I think this is a complete overreaction, and I agree with what you're saying. But um. It's hard not to give them a pass. The, the, the parents who have a hard time getting a voice are parents like Andrew Pollack, who's become a friend of mine. Meadow Pollock died in, in the Parkland shooting. Andrew Pollock knows full well that the way to prevent that is first having correct policies in schools, but also having armed security. Mm -hmm. If we have athletes and politicians and our banks and our money are protected by armed security, we don't think it's good enough to protect our kids with armed security. Having a commercial like that is going to keep our kids safe. Mm -hmm. But I promise you having either an, a trained armed teacher, trained armed security in the school will protect the kids. There is no doubt about it. The quicker a good guy with a gun gets there, the more lives are saved. That is a fact, and they ignore it. The sad fact is that most schools that I've found, they're not concerned about actual true security. They're concerned with the illusion of security, yes. usually yes. for some kind of liability. Yes, I, I've multiple. I think every single school that my kids have ever have ever attended, I'm able to walk straight through the front door, and half the time, the people that are up at the front desk are like in a closed. They're in a closed off little office, but you still have access to the rest of the school. Mm -hmm. It's very very rare that I've seen a school that's got like a kind of like a little chamber beforehand where you press a button and then you can get in. That's actually rare, but they're really? not concerned. Yeah, it's it's they're not concerned with real security. You mentioned something that caught, you know, that piqued my interest when you said emotional manipulation. Yeah. And that really is pretty much what the left is banking on. Yes. On everything. Mm -hmm. And look how dangerous it is. We talked about before, you know, before the break about uh, the, even the numbers that they used, uh, 22, so 22 school shootings. Th that's just false. What they're trying to portray as part of that 22 is not in that equation. It's just not. But when you do that, you, dri you literally drive people to be so scared that who knows what the heck they would do. The El Paso shooter. Um, they tried to pin him off as a Trump supporter and some kind of, you know, so somebody associated with the right. But every single thing in his manifesto, 
He was talking about left-wing policies like universal basic income, climate change, things like that. Things that the left has tried to say are life-and-death situations. Well, he, that's what he said in the manifesto was um, we, can't, we can't sustain ourselves like this. With this many people, this amount of people cannot sustain, the earth cannot sustain itself. Right. I have to lessen the amount. The, I, this is me exactly. doing my part. What do you expect when you go to these links? What do you expect people are going to do? You just think you're going to change people's mind at the voting booth, but this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, ice, the, the people that are, t- uh, the guy that uh, firebombed some ice facilities over was it Portland or what, somewhere over there. Um, he, uh, he, in his manifesto, he said the word concentration camp. Who was the person that started, who, what side was saying concentration camps to, in, in refer, reference to ICE facilities? What, literally, what are you going to do when you call something a concentration camp? You're go, if you're a radical in, in any way, shape, or form, who knows what you'll do? Yeah. And I'm sure someone will see this, somebody unstable, and go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do to stop this? It's dangerous. Not even, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, um, but even more so, it's like they seem to be involving the children a lot more in this, and my heart goes out to these kids because I can't imagine the anxiety you must feel, even as you know, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old in high school, just walking around with the mentality that today might be the day that I that I die in a school shooting. I mean, it's, can you imagine the anxiety? They, I know. they made it like it's imminent. I know. Well, I mean, so can where you imagine they, the anxiety they get that this, this is from? doing to them? They got this from the mainstream media because the mainstream media knows that if they plaster crying mothers up there, uh, and they plaster the death and the kids running out of schools that they've instantly got their ratings. And they turn these mass shootings into their own Hollywood movie sets to try to figure out a way to gain viewers. And so they know that that, that kind of emotion and emotional manipulation will get eyeballs. And so you got the Sandy Hook Promise Group following the lead of the mainstream media saying, hey, let's make our own Hollywood movie and we do it on the backs of these victims and they don't care about the safety and security of our children. They only care about destroying this country and the values it was founded on. And they also know that that's how you uh, motivate elected officials to action. Mm-hmm. There is always, a, a, you know, this call like we we, have, we must do something. We have to do something. We have to do something. Yes. We can't, you know, what we've done. You know, we can't just let this keep down. We have to do something. And you, got, you guys are going to be up for you know, re-election every two years, and there are people calling their offices. What are you going to do about it? We got to do something. Do something. And it's this sort of impulse to do something, even if it's wrong. Think about it. Beto O'Rourke wants to come to my house and take my AR-15 out of my gun safe. It's never injured anyone. Good luck. Good luck. He stays away from <laughs> Chicago, where you have gangbangers and thugs with illegal firearms every day shooting and killing people, and he leaves them alone. Mm-hmm. Yet he wants to come after you and me. That makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I remember, um, I believe it was the same weekend as the El Paso and Dayton uh, shootings took place. Um, but a, a shooting took place, and then that same weekend, it was like the hospitals in Chicago were ter- we ha- were having to turn gunshot victims away. There were so many of them; they didn't have room for any more gunshot victims. You didn't hear about that in the mainstream media, nor do you hear about it every single other weekend that it takes place in places like uh, Chicago and Baltimore. Because it doesn't get ratings, for right? It. And now all of a sudden they care. It, I agree with you; it's very. And it doesn't funny. serve the political agenda. Right, right. Um, So California lawmakers, mm, they are tackling the big issues in California that California is facing. Uh, No, they're not getting the poop off the streets, but they did pass a resolution 
calling on all religious groups, including Christians, to embrace the LGBTQ uh, worldview. So they, mm. they were specific. They said you need to embrace it, even if it contradicts the moral values of the religious groups. And um, it says that religious leaders need to counsel LGBTQ matters from a place of love, compassion, and knowledge of the psychological and other harms of conversion therapy. Now, I do just want to point out this is just a, it's part of the, um, it was passed in the CA Senate and House, but it doesn't require the governor's signature because it's not, a, like it doesn't, they don't have any legal force. It just states the position of the California legislature. Thank God someone is finally doing it, Jason. So I want to laugh at this, but I can't because this is actually scary and this is something that you actually need to look at. Mm -hmm. um, things like the Equality Act, I think will never get signed. And if you're not familiar with that, it basically just makes it to where, you know, if you don't want to call somebody by their by their pronoun or whatever, you can actually be charged with a crime. Yeah, but Taylor, like that. But Taylor Swift told me that it just like makes everyone equal. Yeah, well, Taylor, please. <laughs> um, uh, there's little things like that. There's a whole lot more. You probably know a ton more about it than I do. But this thing is scary. It's not American. Um, but they're never going to get that passed. So what are they doing? They're going to, they're going state by state by state. I need you to really pay attention in elections to who is running for attorney general, to who is uh, running for district attorneys, because they are getting there's some radicals that are going into those offices. Um, they have a radical agenda. I mentioned on this show uh, once before that a a Marxist uh, whose uh, parents were convicted felons for trying to kill or actually killing people as part of Weather Underground back in the day, mm -hmm. and then were uh, uh, and then were uh, later adopted by was Bernadine Dorn and uh, Bill Ayers. These types of the people are the ones that are running for district attorney. That's in San Francisco, I believe. They're the ones that are trying to embed into DA's offices and becoming a, a, a attorneys there. If they can't do it nationally, they'll do it statewide. And they've, they're already doing it like the Green New Deal. That'll never get passed at the national level. Mm -hmm. But state by state, they're going to try to do it. They already did it, I think, in what, New Mexico, I believe? So it's a good point you raise because they're doing it with the Green New Deal. They're certainly doing it with firearms, right? They knew they couldn't yeah, get it yeah. done in Washington, so they'll go state to state. California is the incubator. So people love to say, oh, well, you guys pick on California. You're always, California is the incubator. And what happens in California does not stay in California. Mm -hmm. They march that straight across the country. And that is the starting line. And the finish line is going to be all the way uh, across the Atlantic Ocean. Well, and it doesn't stay in California because they screw their state up so bad that their people leave. And <laughs> yeah. they move to states like Texas. And they bring the screwed up ideas with them. They don't right? even get it. They don't, yeah. Yeah, they don't even get it. Exactly. They, don't, this, they don't make the connection. This resolution, like you said, thankfully doesn't have the effect of law. Right. But it does tell you. The, the opinion of the California legislature. What they would, the, what they would put what into they law would if, do they if they can. If, mm -hmm. if they could. And you know, the Equality Act that you mentioned before, you're right, it's, it's never going to see the light of day in the Senate, and, and this president would never sign it, and they don't have the votes to overturn a veto if it managed to get to him, but it shows you what they will do if they do control both houses of that legislature and uh, the White House. And the Equality Act is written basically so that they don't have to take a vote to repeal the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Because that's really what the Equality Act is about. It's about gutting RIFRA. But they don't want a, a show vote and put their people, especially in swing districts, on record saying, I'm against the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. They want to say, well, I'm for equality. Right. Because like Taylor said, it's just about making people equal. Right, right. So that's really what, that, what the Equality Act is about. And RIFRA was really an answer to a, a really bad court decision that eliminated the, the defense of people of faith by, of saying when you're accused of this, well, I did this because of a sincerely held religious belief. Mm -hmm. And the First Amendment should protect that. And that 
case, you know, unfortunately, you know, from the Supreme Court. And so then you had the federal RIFRA. Now you have states, you know, who have the state RIFRAs. But if they had passed this as an actual law, I guarantee you we would have been in court the day it was signed. Mm-hmm. I, mean, this is I exactly, thought of you, actually, when I read this. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I saw have the, some, some stuff to say on I this I saw one. this, you know, when it was getting uh, debated in the, in the California legislature, and that my first reaction was, really? Like, <laughs> and then it was calling our attorneys in California, like, have you lined up a client yet? Because the <laughs> day this is signed, yeah. we should go after this. And they're like, yeah, we're looking. And then we say, well, it's just going to be a resolution. So. Right. But there are other bills out there that they have kicked around, you know, that get down to telling pastors what pronouns they can use and, and, and other stuff like that that do not have an exemption for or an exception for um, people in pastoral counseling or, you know, churches and ministries, you know, religious-based uh, nonprofits. Um, so you're right. It starts in California and it goes elsewhere. And even if you don't think that it could come to your state, you know, like, oh, that's California. That'll never come to my state. You really need to, again, pay attention to those small elections. Mm-hmm. Um, Justice Democrats, you know, the squad, AOC and the rest of them. Uh, Justice Democrats' strategy was to go to those smaller elections because really, when's the last time you're like, I wonder who's running, you know, who's one of my, you know, who's my state representative from my district? I personally, I'm ashamed to say, I never really look. Shame on you, I Jason. know. I, you work for this network I know. and you don't even look. Well, I can tell you. <laughs> Have you done the research in Texas yet? Because you keep telling everyone it could be happening where you live. It is happening in Texas. Texas the scary. smaller elections that just took yep. place, they wiped out so many conservatives. I mean, you have state senators uh, and state representatives who were running on democratic socialism in wealthy neighborhoods who got elected. Yep. I mean, I saw that they were they had the Beto signs, they had all the all those signs, and they a lot of these Democratic Socialist candidates at our state level in Texas yeah. got elected. We're, we're all t- we're, we're too focused on the higher end p- uh, positions. Like there is way too much focus on the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people will. There'll probably a lot of people disagree with me on this, but the U- United States President, I'm so- sorry to say, is the weakest leader in the free world. In the actual world, I don't know. The weakest. <laughs> he, he, can, he, he every well, other every he other can leader. He move our military almost anywhere he wants. Which to, is which, which is very powerful. Yeah. But as far as like European uh, type, you know, uh, uh, heads of state, they have so much more power to to do policy to, to change things. But there's checks and balances here for a reason. Our system was set up because the founders were scared of of, a, of an autocrat, but, so they built those into it. But these days. I mean, I think what you're saying, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, is that's the way it's, it was set up to be. That's not always the way it, pl- it plays out with executive orders. Presidential power has grown. That, right. That's I mean, for sure. No, but, but, even, but even executive orders can just instantly be wiped out in four years anyway. Well, yes. But I mean, the president who is doing it, I, what I mean to say is Congress isn't really doing its job right now. Right. Congress isn't really passing anything. Congress isn't um, isn't uh, uh, doing its job on the on the border. They're not passing any spending stuff. Um, and so you see the president sometimes step in and make these executive orders, which I would argue have kind of been an overreach. The, yeah, the, it's not really meant where to be the what the president does. Where the legislative branch is really... Um, yeah, why am I looking seated, at you, Jason? It's, <laughs> Talk it's, to the expert here. Too, 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 too often and for too long, the legislative branch has ceded too much of its mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. to both the other branches, mm-hmm. the judicial and the executive. Yeah, they don't want to do anything. There, there's a reason why the Code of Federal Regulations is uh, some ridiculous number of pages, probably five or ten times the number in a Bible. Yeah. Because legislators who, who face the ballot box 
don't want to get down into the details of actually writing the law. They'll pass a bill with some general provisions and it'll say somewhere in there and the executive branch agencies will kind of fill in the blanks. Well, now you're over in an executive branch agency to an unaccountable, unelected bureaucrat who is making law. Mm-hmm. This is not how the system was designed to, um, to be. And then the other branch that they've ceded authority to is the judiciary yeah. because they have allowed decisions to get into the, to the, to the point of policymaking. And the founders set the judiciary up immune from the ballot box specifically because they're not supposed to make policy. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are supposed to say when we, the people, you know, express our will through the legislature, if it contradicts the Constitution, right. they're supposed to be able to say, no, you can't do that. Yeah, no They say what the, the law is, not what it should be, not what the desired policy should be. Right. But the legislature, because, frankly, too many empty suits and lazy bums in the legislature who won't do the actual job of the legislature have ceded too much ground to both of the other branches. And that's the the situation that we're in, whether it's the budget, the border, you name it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll, who has who has more credibility? Ninety two percent of you said Alex Jones. Eight <laughs> percent said the New York Times. This is a great poll. It really is. I mean, you and I, I vote for Alex Jones. I agree. I was just because like, the New York Times has zero credibility yes, with me. Zero. Yes. Uh, All right. Today's poll. uh, Should Trudeau resign for appearing in blackface on three separate occasions? (gasps) What do you think, Jason? Absolutely not. Make make the context argument. No, he should not resign for that. There's plenty of other things. He's got enough scandals that we could go down for. Grant, you agree? I would tell Blaze viewers to make us proud and say, no, he should not resign. Yeah. Yeah. You have to stay intellectually consistent. That should be a requirement to call yourself a conservative. So if so, you got to say no. All great points. Let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Uh, Oh, I will be out tomorrow. This guy is taking my seat. You have, to wear, you have to wear a dress. You have to have full makeup. In order. I don't know yeah. if they told you that. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, I think, actually. <laughs> so no make sure to tune makeup. in. It's going to be great. Jason Buttrell gets hosting for me tomorrow. Yeah. I will see you Monday. Oh, yeah, you're darker than I am. Yeah. Can I? Uh, uh, yeah, brown face. <laughs> We're doing it. Dark-tinted cosmetics. <laughs> that's the PC term. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.